awesomeness, chatting about our favorite WordPress theme, the Divi theme from Elegant Themes. All right, we've got a great topic this week. We're going to talk about the ultimate checklist to launch a Divi website. So we're all building websites, whether it's for ourselves or most of us are building them for clients. And uh, it's probably pretty good to have a list <laughs> to go through. I know I'm getting older and I need a checklist that says, oh, did you push the site live? You know, all the good stuff. So we're gonna and did you remember that. their email? Yeah, yeah, right. So we're going to talk about all that stuff today, but before we dive off into that fun topic, let's meet our panelists, co-hosts, my awesome co-hosts. We're going to start with Stephanie. What's up, Divi Nation? I'm Stephanie Hudson. I am broadcasting live today from the Nashville area, visiting some family here. I was going completely stir crazy in quarantine because I never leave the house and don't do anything. So I just up and hit the road yesterday and I drove to Nashville. So that's why I have a little bit of a different background today. I'm here on the sun porch looking out at some nature. So it's pretty good for my brain space today. And um, I'm excited about this topic because I think uh, that like launching a site is the most exciting thing ever. And it is also one of the most stressful things ever. So we're going to hopefully demystify that. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to focuswp.co. That's my white label maintenance company where we help busy agencies with their website maintenance. Fantastic. So glad you're here. And hey, I like Nashville, man. That was a fun city. WordPress. Nashville's awesome. Word I know. I can't go anywhere while I'm here, but. Yeah. WordCamp US was there for a couple of years and it was a lot of fun. It was. So, mm -hmm. um, awesome. Tim. Hey everybody, Tim Streifler here and I am broadcasting live from San Clemente, California. Stephanie said live and so it made me want to say live as well. Um, we are. Which, I mean, I'm not broadcasting unless you're watching this, Unless you're watching this recorded, in which case. That's true. And if you are... Thanks for watching, but come yeah. <laughs> uh, watch us live because we have a really great, awesome crew of regulars in the live chat. Um, but yeah, I you can find me online at divilife.com. That's where my Divi plugins, child themes, tutorials uh, can be found over at Divi Life. And then wpgears.com where I have uh, the Divi Business Expert course uh, with my good pal David here. And uh, timstreifler.com, which is my client services business. Um, but yeah, Stephanie mentioned this is a really great topic. Uh, this is something that like we can't really talk enough about because it's so important. Um, and so, yeah, excited to kind of talk about the, the process and some tips and tricks and stuff that I've learned uh, over the last several years of launching Divi websites. Boom. And my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios and Divi Space. Obviously with WP Gears with Tim, where we do courses and podcasts. And I am broadcasting live from the Pacific Northwest, specifically Ashland, Oregon. And it's a little warm here today. So I'm actually glad to be inside because it's supposed to get triple digits and it doesn't normally. Pablo in your I'm a fancy new studio. Yeah. Pa Pablo says I'm a little bit low. I want to know, oh, okay. let me know if, if I'm still low. I was adjusting my mic and made some changes to my desk and stuff. So if that's the case, let me know and I'll 
scream? Or... I think it's a tad low, but it's all right. We can hear you. Maybe I could just do like Tim and there you talk go. into the microphone. Yeah, How's there you go. Hey, what an idea. Man. What Tim told that? me, Tim, Tim's been edumacating me. He's been telling yeah. me that these microphones are meant to be talked into at close up. Show that mic who's boss, David. Show the mic. Dang it. All right. So, hey. How do we want to start this thing? Stephanie, do we even have a Divi checklist? I mean, I know we have one. I know you probably have one and Tim well, probably has one. I'm curious to see how closely they align. And <laughs> I, I am too. I'm excited to see how that lines up. I actually think that this can be broken down in so many different ways. The theme you're using, your um, the methods that you use to build your site, how many people are on your team, how you know how many people are touching it before it goes live. All of these things really have socially distancing, on. touching. Right, right, touching your mind. I think we were talking about last episode, right? <laughs> Some kind of creepy. I'm not going I don't know there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, but the more different, you know, the there's such a variety of setups for building a site that obviously there will be a setup for each that will be appropriate for launching it. But I have mine broken down into, um, I'm gonna try and stop hitting this table because it's a little wobbly. I think it's making my camera shake. But um, we have a pre-launch list, a launch list, and then a post-launch list as well. So it's not just one thing. So launching a website, you know, maybe the technical element is just switching the name servers or the, um, you know, the A records, however you do that, but even that could be a different list. But, but um, I think there's a lot of steps you can take before you even get to that point. And then what do you do once it's up and live? How do you test, troubleshoot, make sure everything is stable and, and all of that? So that's how we have ours broken down. I don't know about you guys. You go, David. <laughs> I was going to tell you to go, Tim. Um, as Stephanie was talking, I guess I, I was thinking about... David has you know, people for this. David doesn't have a launch list. He um, has people for this. <laughs> hey, I want you to know that I created the launch list, those people follow oh, and stuff. All right, so, good for you. Um, yeah, I think, you know, just listening to you kind of talk and stuff, I kind of feel like where my brain went was, you know, our entire process for onboarding, building, you know, we're working with a client and stuff. And we're specifically mm -hmm. talking about launch checklists. So for me, the launch checklist is right before we launch this website. So it's going to be a, um, you know, a list that consists of just dotting our I's and crossing our T's, making sure that we have everything that we need at minimum, host, email, you know, optimization, site optimization, that kind of stuff nailed in. So it's the very end of our process. And a pre-site launch checklist for us is we, we just have one list. And it is, you know, the list that goes through the things to make sure that everything on the site is working, clicking, all the forms work, everything's been tested, yada, yada, yada. And we'll kind of go through that as well. So for me, it's just one pre-launch checklist and it's at the end. We have a lot of other things that precede that. Wait, wait, wait. The pre-launch is at the end? No, no, no. The launch. So it's like a, like a post-pre. No, no, no. Like the launch checklist. Launch, launch checklist, Stephanie. Launch. <laughs> Ready for launch. <laughs> yeah, I just have one checklist, but because I do such a small amount of client work, 
these days, uh, being focused on Divi life in the courses. Um, I don't refer to the checklist all that often, uh, anymore these days, but, um, <clears throat> there's, and we'll get into this, but basically like, as Stephanie mentioned, there's different factors that come into play based on, you know, if how many other people are, are working on it. And then also like what, uh, the hosting situation is for the client and stuff. And so like okay. some clients are really particular, they want you to build it on like their own server and stuff that doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And so, um, so yeah, so then if, in that case, well, that kind of changes the, the, the checklist, the, the process of, of launching a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, how do you want to do this, Stephanie? Do you want to start talking specifics and, and stuff like that? And, Sure. I would love to know um, in the chat or if you're listening, send us a comment. Uh, let me know. Do you have a specific list that you follow? Do you have a, a documentation of this process? We're calling it a checklist, which sounds a little bit like uh, a lead magnet or some clickbait. But what it really is, is a documentation of your business process, you know, a standard operating procedure for how you make sure that a site gets launched. And um, maybe before we dive into the nitty gritties. Let's just quickly, you know, we didn't really define it, Tim. We didn't. I mean, I kind of yeah. just did there. Like it's the process that you go through. Do you want to like, do you want to break it down? Like what we're talking about here specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So whether you're a solopreneur or you have a business partner or a team or whatnot, you want documented processes. And this is something that Dave and I teach in our Divi Business Expert course is that document and processes is not just if you have a team or you're hiring people or collaborating, whatever, even if you're a solopreneur, you want to document your process for everything. That way you don't waste time trying to remember what you did before and, and uh, you know, realizing you made this huge mistake and forgot to add in the Google analytics tracking code, you know, after the site's been launched for three months and stuff. So having these things uh, document and make sure that you don't miss things and make sure that you do the same thing every time. So it makes you more efficient. Um, a few weeks ago, Stephanie and I both, uh, spoke at a, uh, conference, uh, the design boss summit. And, um, I spoke on how to work, uh, smarter, not harder to create more websites faster. And one of those things is not redoing work and anything that you end up doing a lot of finding ways to basically streamline that process and automate and stuff like that. And so having a good launch checklist definitely factors into making you more efficient because when you're going from designing to building and then trying to figure out how to launch, you're then trying to figure out spinning your wheels. Like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. Got to think this through. But if you've already have that documented, then you just follow the list and you don't have to remember what you did last time and what mistakes you made before. And so that's kind of what we're talking about here is, um, okay. I think it's clear everyone needs a launch checklist. And then now we're going to talk about kind of the nitty gritty of what goes on it and, and, uh, what we recommend. Yeah. I was yeah, going to say, uh, some of those, oh, sorry, David, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Charlie just yeah. referenced David's CRS syndrome. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Can't remember shit, Stephanie. Oh. Shit. <laughs> or I, I forgot. can't remember stuff, depending <laughs> stuff. on stuff. Can't I remember forgot stuff. what that means. If you're, I, uh, um, yeah, so I was going to say some of those similar things. When we're talking about like documenting, making a list, all these things, it's good to talk about why, the why for doing this. Because it's a, it's a, it seems like a hassle, but it really does end up saving you tons of, struggles in uh in the long run david is doing magic tricks with his desk right now 
Yeah, I really, we're 14 minutes in, up. and you had to stand up. You're, we're, are you dozing yeah. off? Are we boring you, David? I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things is because there are so many variables in a website. Uh, it it just happened not that long ago. My team was working in collaboration with another team. It was, it was sort of a white label job, so it wasn't exactly the same kind of setup. And we were due to launch the site the day of. Someone says, "Hey, is there email on this server?" <laughs> well, you guys, anybody here who has ever launched a website with email on it knows what that does. If you launch a site, move it from one server to another, and their email is running through that server, the whole company's email will go down. So if yeah. you don't address email ahead of time on your checklist, then stuff happens. So this was, a, this was like I said, a weird case because it wasn't necessarily my job to do that in the first place. But regardless... Yeah. These things are important and it's not just important to help you not have things fall through the cracks, but if you have any desire to grow, to expand, to hire out or farm out some of this work, if you have it documented, you are so far ahead of the game because then that completely cuts down your time training somebody because when you train somebody, most of the time you have to figure out what you're doing first before you can tell them how to do it. Yeah. Let, let me just say, I know this isn't what we're talking about, but it reminded me that's a really good reason, Stephanie, to never, ever, ever host email on the same server. Like I don't host email, never have, never will. I encourage people go get G suite, go get uh, office 360 or, you know, all the different services that specialize in email, because if your website goes down and your email goes down too, like, why would you want to like put Everything all your eggs in one basket? Down. Yeah. However, if you launch a site via name server, it doesn't matter if it's on G Suite, it'll still go down. Right. If you switch one the thing, name servers. One thing I was going to say. If you switch oh, A records, it doesn't. You mean you don't migrate all the DNS records? Right. If you just switch the name server of the domain, that will <laughs> move all of the DNS records over to that. Right. And that actually part of my launch checklist is getting Cloudflare up and running for a couple of reasons. I don't know if we want to dive into that yet. I don't want to get ahead of the, the ball. Oh, here, no, but... that's way we were diving ahead, Tim. You're way ahead of yourself. Calm down, Get's buddy. Calm down. And Stephanie, just for clarification, <laughs> I opened up our Asana and we actually do call it a pre-launch checklist. So what do you know? <laughs> shall, shall we dive in and talk about the pre-launch? We should. I mean, I've got my list up of, of what we do with clients, you know, and, and our process for pre-launch. I'm super excited to so. see like how different all of our lists are and how. Does that mean I of... get to go first? Yeah, sure. <laughs> go for it. Hey, you're um, the boss around here. You do what you want. I, I will. How do we want to do this? Obviously the list is, you know, long. It's got probably 10, 15 yeah. items. Read your list and then we'll tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's Boom. what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, pre-launch checklist that we have, and this is every website that we Because I'm going to copy all the things that you have. That Even have. if we do it for ourselves internally, this we still follow this process. So um, mobile optimization, check browser mm -hmm. compatibility, Safari, Chrome, Firefox, Opera, MS Edge, uh, on-page SEO, Site cleanup, remove any unused pages, posts, plugins, CSS, users, etc. Because you may have people working mm -hmm. and they may be making many revisions and stuff. So we make sure we clean the site up. We optimize the database. Uh, and if you're familiar with that, you'll know what that means. 
Uh, we also clean up the database for any, anything that needs to be cleaned up there. Um, we test all the forms. We set up Google Analytics and Webmaster tools. Uh, we make sure the site is being indexed by search engines. Um, we set up SSL. Uh, we make sure that in this case with client services, we make sure that the footer credits are added. It's on our pre-launch checklist. We want the world oh, to know that's a that good we one. made this awesome new website. You can find us over here. Uh, so those are the main ones on our pre-launch checklist that we do. There you go. Yeah, I think I have a lot of those. We have them broken down if, slightly differently. How about you, Tim? I, I, I'm sorry if I missed this, but did you cover like the Google Analytics stuff? I did. Well, I just, I listed it. Google Analytics, okay. Webmaster Tools set up. I was typing um, something in the chat and it wasn't sure if I missed that or if yeah, you said it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we make sure all of that stuff is done as well. We also check, you know, speed, you know, for the optimization stuff. We do Pingdom and uh, GT metrics and stuff, and we make sure that images are optimized. And when I say mobile optimization and then, you know, optimizing things, it's there's kind of subcategories underneath that and stuff. So do you add alt tags to your images? Is that on we your list? We just started. It's not. Uh, we just started doing it internally. We're not doing it for clients. I mean, here's how I review, I view client work in, in that regards. It's definitely something I think that should be done, but we will charge extra for that. It's not something that's in our basic website mm -hmm. build. That's uh, a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. So well, and it, it that to do that effectively, you have to do keyword research. Yeah, you got to do, do keyword right. yeah. research. You got to know. So we do it internally on our websites. I sort of will clients. do it included, uh, like a very, very low level of it. Like I will do what I view it more as like the actual, more like the accessibility side rather than the SEO side. Like right, I'll put it, some it words has, in that will describe the image. It has little to no SEO value anyways. It, it could, so it's to do it just for SEO purposes probably isn't worth it unless it's your own site and you're trying to squeeze out. I do think bit of SEO not value. having, I think not having alt tags affects your SEO. That's debatable. You don't think so? It so Is it? Oh, okay. sounds like a battle. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> um, I should get a graphic right now. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Sorry, go yeah, ahead. I, mean, I, don't want, I don't want to get into an SEO debate. No, no, I like I'm not an SEO expert. I don't I I don't think well, that I, I what I'm doing is TV, going to so. do you. <laughs> oh. I um but I do think, you know, for accessibility reasons, and I'm not saying full ADA compliance either, to be clear. I'm saying yeah. like um man with ball on the thing or whatever, you know. Nothing not in a weird way. Like <laughs> just you know. Whatever it is, like tree and animal or something, you know what I mean? Computer screen, whatever. If you describe the image, then that does work toward the accessibility issue, which is just being like a good human. Like if a blind person is trying to read this site, then they can do that. You know, like to me, that's just decent humanity level stuff. I'm not promising Ooh, that it's going to help just, their SEO things just or whatever. Played, oh my God, you just played that card. You just the humanity went there. Card. <laughs> went there. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Well, I guess to change the subject back to the checklist stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Eric has regarding some good ones in the chat. Testing. Mm -hmm. So David mentioned uh, mobile testing. Um, one thing I do want to say 
is again, depending on what we've mentioned, there's different factors at play, like, you know, what, depending what, uh, hosting you're, you're building on and stuff like that. But part of the testing phase should always be testing on the same server that the site will be live on. And there's a couple of reasons, but the major one being not every server is the same. And so you might have a perfect website and then migrate it to a server and then something breaks. That doesn't happen a lot if it's like, you know, good hosting on both sides, but I've had something where the site was perfect. And then we migrated it to the live site, which was like premium WordPress hosting and something broke. And we had to spend a ton of time, like fixing it, like actual code, PHP code type stuff. And so, um, it does happen. And so you want to get those things out of the way before you launch the live site. Um, well, I will, I'm, I mean, the truth is though, like I use SiteGround. I also use DigitalOcean. If somebody is forcing me to launch their site on a GoDaddy server, they've signed their disclaimers that I've warned them otherwise or whatever, but I'll, you know, if that's their choice, it's their website, I'll do it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go to the extra trouble of launching a dump, a dummy site when they don't have staging or anything like that. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, that, that's where my humanity ends. It's for blind yeah. people and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, ideally what you want to do, and in my opinion, that the smoothest transition is say they have an existing site over here on server A, right? And then uh, you either, you build it on your own servers or whatever, and you migrate it over back over to server A, but it's just a different install, do all the final testing there, and then change the, um, the, the CNAME records or, or, you know, the, uh, um, change the settings in the site to actually have the domain switch. So that way you're testing on the live site and then it's just a smooth transition. That also gets into why I use Cloudflare because with Cloudflare, you can um, change DNS records and the propagation is instant. Where on most DNS, when you make changes, they can say, oh, it can take up to 24 hours. It usually doesn't these days. But, For those uh, taking notes, like that's probably one of the most useful tips you're going to get in this entire episode. And there's going to be a lot of tips. Tim, I didn't I know it. that. Well, thank you. What happened? <laughs> say that again, Tim. I missed it. Tim said Cloudflare. If you use Cloudflare and you switch uh, DNS over, it propagates instantly. Yeah, I knew that. that is that only with up. their premium? Is, that with their, <laughs> is it with their premium? Tim, or do, it, does it come with the free? free? Yeah, their DNS. It makes sense. Is, is it makes free. sense because you have to switch your DNS to Cloudflare. So if you're just having Cloudflare point at something else, that that makes total sense that that would be how that it's would work. Because, That's a great it's because tip. Because Cloudflare owns the internet, Stephanie. They're no, they really do. When Cloudflare a couple of years ago went down, like almost the entire internet went with it. <laughs> you guys remember that? It was like maybe two years I ago. I don't. Cloudflare had a big um, like brute force attack or something um, and they went down and it was like, oh my gosh, the entire internet uses Cloudflare. We had no idea. <laughs> uh, anyway, so my part of my process is adding Cloudflare to the site um, like a good 24 hours in advance to make sure that that gets propagated in time. And then those DNS records are still pointing to the old server. So then when I do want to change to the new server, then I change it in Cloudflare and it's instant. Oh yeah, Cloudflare did go down temporarily last week. <laughs> that That's also true. <laughs> Tim's a See, Cloudflare it, guru. Guys, we had somebody who's legally blind in the chat, our buddy Eric. I just told him it's a good thing he's not illegally blind because you can get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> for that <laughs> i should have been a dad 
Those like dad jokes. You should have been a okay. dad. You got some <laughs> good dad jokes. I missed my calling. I missed hey, my calling. You don't okay. have to be a dad to make dad jokes. I've been making them for ten years. Boom! But you're gonna be yeah. a dad. It's so that's true. I've been practicing the jokes mm-hmm. for that reason. Okay. Pre-launch. I like that footer credits one. I'm adding that to mine just to make sure. Yeah, I um, want to add a couple here real quick. Eric Dingler said that, Listen, you, you know, had your he, chance. He, <laughs> he also adds, uh, he had a couple of really good points. I liked it. Eric's um, got I some. It, I don't want it to get stuff. buried. He said that he all, also has on his checklist, add to portfolio, request the testimonial. Oh, uh, those are so good. Update client tags in Dubsado and Mailchimp, and that's I that's think re- that's really good actually because we yeah, do segment and tag. Regarding the testimonial, stuff. you want to you don't wait. You want to get your client when they're excited, and so when they're yeah. launching a new website before anything excited. goes wrong with their yeah. website. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah, um, and, and point, it's it's you know that excitement's going to wear down, and then they'll say like, "Yeah, I'll get you that testimonial," but they're they're not yeah. going to. They're busy. I actually, I actually would put. Um, like request the testimonial and add to profile, all those things. I would put that in the post-launch sequence, but I have them broken up into three. But yeah, to I me, would, that's... I'm like Tim. Get them while they're hot, while they're excited. And but shoot. yeah, but but not till it's live, you know? Oh. So anyway, okay, let me see if there's anything that I have slightly different. Uh, on the browsers, you know what I've added into testing the browser, which I don't like it, but I've started testing in in Facebook browser. Just because it does weird things. It's supposed to be the same as... You mean on mobile? What? Yeah. Yeah. I know that's kind of like understand, mobile testing, but like... From what I understand, when uh, you're on iOS, for example, if you're using Safari or you're using um, an in-app browser, it's still the same user agent. And so typically everything's going to be the same, even if, from what I've heard, even if you're using the Chrome iOS browser, the user agent is still Safari. I could be wrong, but that's what I heard. So I'm not saying don't test, but I'm just saying it's probably going to be pretty consistent. But I have had issues where Facebook looks different than the other things and it bugs me. So um, we don't put a ton into it, but you know, it's on my checklist just to, just to make sure that it looks okay. Um, do you guys it's probably because Facebook is harvesting information while they're loading the web page? So busy loading, like collecting all my details. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. Do you guys do any? Um, we talked about removing unused uh, plugins, themes, users, clean up CSS. You said. Uh, I also think removing unused images is an important one to go back and oh, do. Yeah. It's a pain. Like I hate doing it. But so many times you're like trying different versions of an image or the client says, oh, no, I want to change it to this or that. You end up with tons of junk in the media library. I, I try to build like I cook, which is clean up as I go. And yeah. so I'll, I've, I've gotten in the habit of just deleting stuff like, oh, that image doesn't look good. You know, delete, delete. Mm-hmm. And then that way it'll save the cleanup time later. But, but yeah. Yeah. Um. Wait, Miro says, I know exactly what you're talking about. Thank you, Miro. I don't know what you mean, but like, I don't know what thing, but I'm glad you agree. That's why we're friends, Miro. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we're getting everything ready for the launch. We've got, um, I mean, even though I, I think the site speed up should happen at this point, even though it's going to be on a different server, 
uh, I just think that's like, you kind of have to do that first. Cause otherwise if you launch it, then like all that minification and stuff is so tricky and sketchy, you know, do you guys do that before you launch or do you wait till after it's live to do all that? If, if it's going to a different server, I wait because like caching plugins are so finicky and David knows this, uh, because they have their Divi rocket plugin, um, caching plugin might work amazing on one host and then a different host it's poopy. And so, um, getting it dialed in and stuff, uh, I find is best on the final server, but that's why I think having, uh, being able to do the final testing and everything on the same server as the live site, that way you can configure those things ahead of time, I think is really helpful, but that's not always possible. Like you pointed out. So John Williams says, uh, it's like moving into a new home. You have to be, you have to build the, the new home has to be built first before you move into it. In other words, get the server in great shape first, I guess. I'm not sure like how you can configure all this stuff though, until you have the site over there. And there are a lot of servers, a lot of hosts that are, it's like, it's a huge pain to see a development version of your site. This is one of my pet peeves with SiteGround. I like a lot of things about SiteGround. We've all talked about where they are. I don't want this to like devolve into a hosting battle, but um, it like I think it is such a common thing that you would move a site over to a server and want to check it in real time, like check it in the world, like through the internet to see and, and troubleshoot it and stuff. And it's nine times out of 10, it is so difficult to get a link to be able to do that. And I'm like, I just don't want to deal with changing my host's file and all that. Have you guys had to do that? You know what I'm talking about? Your faces are both blank. Like I you can change the chat. The chat. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a host's file on your computer where you can change like basically how your computer is accessing that website through the internet and it will yeah. point it to the right place and blah, blah, blah. But it's like your local <sighs> DNS. Basically. Yeah, kind of. But it's just such a pain to do. And then you... It's not like you can say like, hey, I'm seeing this and send it to a dev or something to fix, you know? So I wish that it was easier for, that's like one of my big wishes that hosts, and SiteGround used to have something where you could put the IP address slash a tilde and then like their username or something like that and you could see it, but it's not, it's not easy to find and it's not easy to um, get it to work. So that's, that's a tricky part because how do you test it without it being live? If you're launching a standard, you know, five page website for a local mom and pop shop. Maybe they had a Squarespace or nothing before that. And you're launching on the site and the site goes up and there's some issues and some bugs that you work through through over the next 24, 48 hours. Like it's not the end of the world, but if you're working with a large client who has an active blog, maybe they have e-commerce, all those kinds of like those, those timeframes are not acceptable. Traffic. That's yeah. not okay. You, you cannot have lags, downtimes, issues like that. So it, that really is a is a problem, and and maybe some of these launch steps, you know, are different based on the type of site that it is. In fact, too, you know. Yeah, and, and actually, I think on that note, it's good depending on the client, the size, the scope, how much traffic they get, that sort of thing. Doing a launch during their off time and knowing yeah. ahead of time, based off of their analytics, like okay, like Saturdays at two in the morning is like the time where they have like no traffic and that's when they want you to launch. It's like, all right, well, you're gonna have to stay up, suck it up and, and do the launch then. Um, and so kind of knowing that ahead of time, a small brochure style mom and pop website that doesn't get a ton of traffic. Okay, well, like doing it during the middle of the week uh, during work hours probably isn't a big deal. 
right. and then on that note too, in case something does go wrong, being able to quickly revert back. And so again, that's why I love yeah. uh, doing the Cloudflare launch and switching the the C name records uh, within Cloudflare's DNS settings because you can change it back just as quickly. So if you launch that site and poop hits the fan and there's something that just you weren't able to test for or whatever, it's like you can kind of take a step back and undo it uh, pretty quickly. I think it's I think it's fair to say this is the most times you've said the word poop in a single episode. <laughs> Have I said it a lot? <laughs> Yeah, a few times. 10 times today. Only 10 Pits times. Pits the fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and something was a poopy launch or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Tim's getting Apparently prepared. The vocabulary for, uh, of a two year old. Newborn. He's getting prepared for a newborn. Yeah. That's what's going he on. He is. He's going to have a lot of poop. <laughs> so, okay. So we read ours. I would love to hear y'all's. Do y'all have a list that y'all could read off? Or... Uh huh. You have one, Tim? Uh, somewhere. Oh, okay. Well, I, I can start if you want to look up. So mine was very similar to yours, David. I think it would be sort of boring and redundant to just read it through again. Um, I think the ones that I called out that were different, you know, I specifically break down phone and tablet for the mobile testing to make sure we cover both. I add the Facebook browser. Um, we do a run through of the functionality of the site as well. So if we've got certain uh, contact forms or mm -hmm. automations of any sort, those kind of things. We test those, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, the, we set up the security plugin. We do the speed optimization, caching, and the SEO stuff that we need, like the, you know, the list for the SEO things and then all that cleanup. So that's, I mean, there's nothing wild and wild and crazy yeah. on that list, but my, um, Shall we ju jump into the launch sequence? Oh, yes, I think so. <laughs> go, Stephanie, go. Yeah, um, I would say mine definitely isn't as detailed as David's with all the cleanup stuff. Um, mine, I don't know. I know we talked about Google Analytics, but also Google Search Console, all of that. I don't know if that was mentioned as well, but that's on mine. It wasn't. Do you do that before you launch a site? I think you have to do that after. It was, but that's okay. <laughs> it was, no. <laughs> yeah. That was a part when I was in the chat and didn't hear you say anything Google-related. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do all of that stuff. That's important stuff. You need to do yeah. that. Most people and don't. answer your question, Stephanie, yes, that's after the site launches. Yeah. Right. So. Um, and I okay, do Google so... Analytics after the site launches, too. You can technically do it before, but then you're going to be tracking when it's on the temporary domain. Right. Um. I like to call it Google Analytics. Analytics. That's what I type in in the browser in yeah. order to get the autocomplete. Uh -huh. That's where all those poop <laughs> references are coming from. Oh gosh. And uh, okay, so what's your what's your launch sequence, Tim? Sorry, excellent. Site's complete. Play. It's done. It's tested. Remove it's, the main. It's migrated page. or it's not yet migrated. <laughs> no, not yet. Not my. Not like. Everything has been tested, client signs off. You've done yeah. all your final little so, like mobile optimizations done. Alt so tags if, are ignored. So a lot of times, probably most typical is the client had their own hosting for the original site, or maybe they didn't have a site. And then mm -hmm. the new site will be on my hosting, right? And that's yes. like the most preferable scenario possible because right. you have the ultimate control. Yeah. 
Um, so in that case, what I do is a good several days before launch, I migrate the DNS over to uh, Cloudflare. So say for example, previously their domain was on GoDaddy and they use GoDaddy's DNS and just change the name servers over to their hosting. Um, or, or, or I'm sorry, they just had the A record or whatever. Um, so then what I do is a couple of days before, change the name servers over to GoDaddy. And what I do typically, what I used to do is I would add all of my client sites under my one Cloudflare account, which was the stupidest thing possible because now they're all under one account. So what I started doing uh, several years ago is uh, setting up clients on their own Cloudflare account using a generic Gmail account. And we've talked about that before. Um, I'll typically create a, just a generic Gmail account for the client and I'll set up Cloudflare and other things. That way nothing's tied to me and I can give everything to them. It's a clean break. Like Cloudflare turns into an awkward word to say after seven or eight times. Cloud, cloud, Cloudflare. Cloudflare? Cloud, Cloudflare. 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 Uh -huh. um, exactly. And so, yeah, create the Cloudflare account. Yeah, it's a tongue twister when you just. Tim, I love you fast. just because it's not, my jokes aren't even funny and you still laugh. <laughs> That's why we're it's friends. True. <laughs> well, I think they're funny. Um, so, create the Cloudflare account and uh, change the DNS over to Cloudflare. So, D, uh, Cloudflare will automatically get all of their existing DNS records. So, if they already have G Suite set up or different things like that, it's going to automatically pull those over to there over into Cloudflare. And so at that point, their domain is still pointed to their old website and that website on a different server, you know, via uh, a record or, or C name record. So then, um, then, okay, the site's ready to go. So I do that in advance. That way there's time for it to propagate depending on um, what they're pr uh, previously using for DNS. And then the site's ready to go. I will typically use Migrate Guru. Uh, I used to use like Backup Buddy, like way back in the day to do migrations. Um, and then I switched to all-in-one um, WP migration, which is a good tool. Um, now my favorite migration tool is Migrate Guru because it uses the Blog Vault servers to handle all mm. of the migration stuff. So that's, yeah, way easy. So I do that, migrate the site to the, um, uh, the new hosting, my hosting. Um, from whether it's a local installer or what. Uh, so then it's on my hosting and then I do final testing. So uh, everything we, we had talked about before and just testing it again on the server. Uh, mm -hmm. I use WP Engine, so I don't typically install additional cache plugins. The only cache plugin that WP Engine allows is WP Rocket because WP Rocket went above and beyond to like make sure they cater to WP Engine and their strict rules. Hmm. Um, so in most cases I don't do another cache plugin, so I don't have to do anything there. Um, same thing with security. WP engine has their security dialed in. So I typically won't do anything additional there as well. Um, and then just do the final testing that we had talked about. Um, and then I'm trying to remember the exact order in terms of switching the domain. So I think typically sounds what like I do, somebody needs a checklist. It sounds like someone can't find their checklist because I don't want to build websites uh, for clients anymore. Um, but yeah, oh, so change the the settings in WordPress first, and then so the domain settings. Um, so rather than having the temp domain, have the final domain in there, and then change the DNS to point from the old server to the new server. Right. Boom. That changing 
you do that. Uh, I don't know if you do it manually. I use um, better search replace for that step so that it's changed even in any um, of the absolute URLs and stuff too, just in case. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of just in the um, settings. So I do that, but boy, <laughs> I just, I did that recently and then was like, oh shoot, I was supposed to do so. And then it is like the biggest hassle. You have to go into the PHP, my admin, find the table, change the thing back. Cause you can't access it. Once you do that, it's done. So that's like, you better be ready. Once you, you mean if you haven't, if you haven't changed the DNS yet. Right. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. That step from like search and replace the domain name. Then you change the DNS. Those two steps are not, it, they're inseparable. <laughs> because if you, once you do the one, you have to do the other. You or have it's to a do huge the pain other. in the butt. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Are you, are you really in a lot of poop? As Tim you, says. Oh, poop will hit the fan and go everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not the end of the world. You can log into your PHP, my admin, and you just find the site URL and change it there. But it's just, it's a hassle. So um, anyway, David, is that similar to your launch list or are you? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think most most launch lists are very similar. Pretty much all the same things you need to do for most WordPress websites to get them ready and stuff. So, so yeah. another important thing is to uncheck that disable search engines for oh, finding yeah. this site. By a show of hands, who has launched a site and then a couple of weeks later found out that they forgot to uncheck that box and you feel oh, so have, terrible. I yeah, I what I try to do is never check it to begin with. And I've heard that, like that a, like it doesn't really affect you that much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just to, when you're building it, if you're building on a live domain, uh, you know, or a temporary domain on a live server, uh, just pass or protect the directory and the search engines can't get to it anyways. Yeah. But I don't know. I, now it's just a part of my checklist. So you just go and make sure. And um, WordPress alerts you now too. I don't know if it's a plugin I have installed. Or I think if it's it might be the thing. SEO plugin because if you're it running be, Yoast and you have that checked, they'll like warn you and you can't. Like, I use not I see use it. all in one. I use all in one, but um, but I it it alerts like, hey, by the way, do you know you have this disabled? So um, we make sure that that's not in the robots txt file or <laughs> that thing checked or anything like that. We use Manage WP. So sorry, I'm looking over to the side. This is on my other monitor. Um, so we do. Uh, we add the primary domain into manage WP and we clone over the dev and install it, blah, blah, blah. So we do, we do our whole little workflow right in manage WP. So manage WP does migrations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds similar it does to migrate. So nicely too. Yeah. Cause it doesn't, um, it's not like downloading it, a plugin backup type of thing mm -hmm. and then having to, yeah. you really, that's no, why you I don't, love migrate guru. Just, clone it yeah you it just, just say connect clone. server to server uh-huh and it does like you i still sometimes do the search and replace just in case something is hard coded in someplace with the domain name but it 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 really takes care of all of the primary issues with that do you guys know what we're talking about like doing the search and replace oh on yeah the domain name? use that no i know you do i meant like in the crowd like i think oh. <laughs> um maybe if you haven't sorry if you haven't um you know, if you've all, if you haven't launched a ton of sites, you might not realize that that when you when you clone a site to a new server, if you used to have like dev dot 
focuswp.co or whatever it is that, you know, your website, and then you launch it on the new site, uh, the launch process typically will, depending on what you use, I guess, but within that process, you either do it manually or the plugin you use will change the two places in the WordPress database that it has to be changed. And that's the site URL and I can't remember the name of the other field. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's two places that it changed. Yeah, you have here, to change I got it. my site up here. And then, yeah. but anyway, there's those two places. But if you've got images, WordPress or address other, and site address, WordPress address, yeah. In the database, it's site URL is the second one. But um, but if you do, if you don't do a search and replace, you might have some random little places that are linking to a page on your site or linking to an image or something like that that are using the dev server. And the trick is, no, you probably aren't taking down your dev server immediately upon launch, right? right? Sometimes you wait a little bit. So as you're browsing the site, nothing will look wrong. It isn't until you take down that dev server. Maybe it's a couple months go by before you go clean up all your old servers or what, all your sites or whatever. If that's not a part of your launch checklist. And then your client calls you and is like, my site's broken. Images are missing, blah, blah, blah. And you could be in a panic and you wouldn't even realize that it would have been so simple to just do a quick search and replace. Yeah. Or, or two other examples of that. Uh, I mean, that's bad enough if, if it's a live dev server, but if you're doing local and there's references to the local, like images that are on your local install, it's going to mm -hmm. look good for you because right. your local install, um, but then everyone else isn't going to, to see those images. Or another example is if you're like, I've done this before building on a WP engine transferable install, which is like a temporary install with password protected. It's like, if I put in the, the credentials to uh, make it accessible, then I'm able to see all the images. So if it's referencing background images that are part of that install, Mm -hmm. um, then it'll work, but other people try to do it. They're going to get prompted to like log in to, in order to see a background image. It's super funky, but that's happened to me a few times. Yeah, it's true. So that's one of those things that you just run it just to be safe and you make sure that you, um, I try to not use the W's, the HTTPs, but I don't use any of that stuff. Just use the act, just the don't no slashes, no nothing, just the domain name and the TLD, you know, just whatever it is, dot whatever it is, because that way you're not getting, you know, you don't want to like, if you, if you add too many other things, you might miss some still, or I don't know, you could, so you, you could mess some stuff up. I thought, I thought you have to put in HTTP or HTTPS. Not when you're going to search your own place. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I thought you were talking about in the, the site URL. No, no, no. Just doing a search and replace because then it will it'll just replace that text. It won't replace like the whole field or anything like that. Right. So, um, so, okay, Miro's saying he had trouble, but you're talking about main WP, Miro. I'm talking about managed WP. I've never used main WP. And he said, sorry, you, with manage. I think he meant manage. Oh, 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 okay. He did. I missed that one. So, um, I don't, you know, Tom used to hate doing cloning in managed WP and I think they've improved it. I've never had a problem, but if you, if you used to have trouble, give them another shot or there's, or use one of these other plugins. There's plenty of them, but it's just one of those things that has worked well for me. Um, so what else was I just going to say? Um, okay. So we're getting close and we haven't, we have, I have a post-launch thing go. too, post where launch. I go in, post-launch, ready, set, go. I go and I remove the better search replace plugin. It'll still be active. I've just used it, but I remove it. Um, I move over the favicon files. Do you guys do favicons for your clients? Oh, yeah. 
Well, we do you sure. do the I like real favicon dot is that favicon or favicon? Favicon. I think it's favicon. <laughs> pretty it's sure fave because it's part of your browser favorites. favorite. Your favorites. That's exactly um, y'all pass the tests. Good job. And then <laughs> I do have deleting the dev sites from your server and from NHWP and deleting the development FTP accounts if you have any. I'm terrible at doing that. However, that is on my list. And thankfully, I have. It's on your list, but you choose to ignore days. it. Well, it's one of those things like, you know how it is, like a site gets launched and you're like, hallelujah. And then it's I'm, hard for me to stick to the details. But I've got, I've got some people now that help me with these things. Thank goodness. So one thing that I did not hear us talk about yet, uh, once a site's live and you uh, do Google Search Console and mm -hmm. uh, Google Analytics, submitting the site map to Search Console Good one. Um, yeah. is important. Now, uh, typically in the past, um, or I guess still currently, uh, in order to get like a sitemap, you had to use a plugin. So Yoast SEO or SEO, all-in-one SEO, whatever, they'll generate a yeah. sitemap for you. And it's dynamic. So anytime you add new content, automatically updates the sitemap. Um, and then you submit those to uh, Google. But apparently uh, in the new big update of WordPress, sitemaps are actually going to be built in and generated by WordPress, which is you guys something that should you have been heard it done here years ago. First. Unless you watched awesome. a video like yeah. I did. Yeah. And then unless you watched there. WP the podcast live stream the other day. When we <laughs> I don't think we talked about episode. it. We did. Yeah. That's where you got the <laughs> he tells you. No, I remember we talked about doing that episode, but I forgot to write it down. So I don't think we actually recorded that. Oh, yeah. you need to watch the live stream. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't see it on the list. We, I don't think we recorded that. Oh, maybe we did. Maybe we did. We Another head to head, it. you guys. We've really got to get some more <laughs> graphics for this show. <laughs> well, I do suffer from CRS. Awesome. So Tim yeah. is probably right. Well, but it's my <laughs> fault because he said, hey, we should do an episode on the new WordPress. And I said, I don't know what's in the new WordPress. And then he told me. And then I said, okay, that's great. And then I forgot to write it down to actually go and record it. Um, so I apparently suffer as well. But yeah, I watched Adam uh, from WP Crafter has a good video on the new new version of WordPress. So, um, sorry, I now I pulled one of you guys' moves while I was reading the chat. Uh, uh -oh. Eric uh -oh. also mentioned about doing the search and replace. It also helps with your uh, SSL because if you've got which that changes a little bit. I said just do the domain, but if you do have HTTP versus HTTPS, right. you want to make sure that. you do all the variations with the, if you use W's or I try to not use the W's ever, but you know, however you have it, you want to make sure you run all the options. You can also just tick in the let's encrypt box to just force HTTPS. But I don't but know I why, don't, for some reason, I just prefer I to think, go in and change them. I don't, uh, typically use Let's Encrypt, but I don't know if that will uh, automatically, that's not going to rewrite the URLs for Force H HTTPS. So I think, yeah, I think it changes them. So I feel like it must slow it down or something. I haven't done any research into it, but I already have it in my workflow to like do the search for in place. So yeah, because what you don't want that. is your website to be loaded over HTTPS, but it be pulling in images that are HTTP because then you'll get the, uh, insecure content warning in the browser. Right, but there's a setting in Let's Encrypt that you can force it. 
and it will load them as HTTPS. So it, it forces all references to not just the, okay. Mm -hmm. But if it isn't available on an HTTPS, then it'll be a dead link. Gotcha. But like if you've got things like YouTube links, things like that, other sort of like Google references that maybe only have the HTTP, if it forces the S, then you're going to be fine because those are all available secure. Right. You know? Gotcha. All right. What have we forgotten, you guys? Anything? Did we forget anything in the in the chat? Let us know if there's something that you guys do that we haven't done. Um, Tim, do you submit the sitemap as part of your post-launch sequence, Barry? Barry JB. I don't know you, Barry JB. Welcome. We've got yes. a couple new new names in the chat tonight. Thanks. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, so submitting the Google stuff should be post-launch, but should be done like immediately after like the website's live on the final domain on the final server. So uh, Google Analytics, Google Search Console, and part of Google Search Console is, is the sitemap submission um, because you're basically submitting to Google, hey, here's my website like go and index it. Here's the map of how you find everything on my website. So you don't want to do that until it's on the final domain in the final server. Cause you don't want right. Google to go and try to uh, index the site after you submit a site map. And it's like the wrong URL, the temporary domain. Right. Uh, um, so some of the people are mentioning things in here, which I saw um, Eric mentioned it earlier. Nancy said celebrate, which we do literally have a checkbox celebrate when a site goes live and notify the client and then we've also just recently started doing um we'll send over the you know the little um screen images where it shows it on the different sizes we'll get like a little cool graphic design formatted for social media and we'll send that to the client as well so that they can launch their new site on social Gives them a nice little, I even send them one for like a postcard if they wanted to get them printed and send them out or whatever. So it, it's it's a nice little thing that I like to do. It takes very little time. I, I use Dear Designer, so I already have an account. So I just send it off to them, have them do it. And it's um the clients love it. They love it. It's just a nice little surprise bonus that they get. And it gets our work out into yeah, nature, you know? That's good. Uh, one thing I typically do is verify like, using speed testing. So GT metrics, for example, um, and just, uh, make sure everything's loading well and, uh, all of that. Um, I don't remember how long it takes when you submit to search console for them to identify errors. I think it takes them a few days to actually scan the site, but that's something you want to keep an eye on is after you submit the site to search console, making sure there's no indexing errors or warnings or anything like that. Um, and that's mm -hmm. the whole point of search console is it's your interface with Google. And so if something's wrong with your site, they can't access it. That's where you find out. And so you kind of have to keep an eye on it immediately after launch because your client's not going to look at that. No, they're not. They're not. So um, I haven't always done the search console and stuff. That's something new that I'm adding in. I read about it in um, some of the um, Facebook groups. I think it was Cliff Almeida. He does the My Web Audit. If any of you guys are uh, new to the industry, don't know this guy, you got to go follow him. He's awesome. He, um, he was saying like search console and Google Analytics and all that. And someone's like, I'm not doing that unless they pay me for it. And Cliff responded. He's like, Dude, it takes five minutes. Set it up, <laughs> add value, be a good person. You know, like he just crushed him. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Why don't I do that? Like, it's so easy and it's so nice to have. And then if they come back to you for more stuff, you can say like, great, well, here's where your analytics are. Here's what you're getting searched for. 
now we can start talking ROIs. Do you want to increase your traffic by this much? Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's not even just for them. It's also for you, like future trying to sell, upsell them, you know? Yeah. Now this is something I've never done for a client, but I feel like it should be on launch checklist is, uh-huh. and David and I talked about this recently on, on WP, the podcast, can't wait but to hear. Facebook pixel, even if you're client Boom. or Eric you, if just it's your own typed site. it into the thing, right. As you said it. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the reason for that is, uh, even if you or your client or whoever's site it is, isn't planning on doing any Facebook marketing right now, they might somewhere down the line. And the more data that that Facebook pixel has, the longer it's running and, and seeing visitors and stuff like that, the better off you're going to be because uh, for retargeting and just uh, being able to optimize for conversion and stuff like that. So Facebook pixel, um, again, it's like similar to like the search console thing. It's super easy to do. I that just was do it on my list. I know. I thought that was on my list. Can you do it yeah. if you're not an admin on their Facebook page? Um, you will need, I mean, that's what kind of makes it tricky and probably why I've never done it is, um, for a client as part of the, the, the launch, um, you need to have a, uh, ads account. And so if you just like put it under your own, I have account, an ads account, but I don't know. Cause I've done Facebook pixels, but I feel like I was always involved with that client on Facebook already anyway. So I'm not, yeah. I'm just asking. Yeah. Cause you, uh, Mira says you can get a pixel from a client. Yeah, good luck. It depends on the client. <laughs> I mean, some clients, yeah. yeah maybe, that, that's but. where it definitely gets tricky because Google Analytics and Search Console, you can do without having to interface with the client and beg them. But Facebook's a little bit tricky because everything is connected to a personal profile. So it's like you have to have them create a tricky, business account so. and then on their business account. But a lot of, a lot of uh, clients will already have a Facebook page. And so you might be able to quickly walk them through how to uh, create a pixel or their account might already have one. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, another, a oh. couple other things have been mentioned. I know it's, it's time and Tim has to go. I have a hard but stop. He has a hard stop in like 20 seconds, but uh, don't forget to tell your clients that you'll you're happy to maintain their website for them. You should have already mentioned this before this launch process, but make sure you're getting them on those sweet recurring revenue plans sweet, for maintenance. And you guys know where you can go if you don't want to do it. You know who to turn to. That's right. Sweet, sweet money. Sweet, sweet recurring revenue. <laughs> All right, guys, wow. we blew right through our final thoughts time. <laughs> This yeah, has did. been a good episode. A lot of people have commented a lot of good tips and stuff. So thanks for joining us in the chat. Thank you for giving us things that you do because I've added a couple from the chat as well. I know you guys were great. Really thanks everybody so, for sharing. Yeah. I'm going to put mine all into a PDF and uh, share it in my Facebook group. Focus on um, your biz. If you guys want to go focus on your, give biz. me a couple days. I'll get it in there. We'll share it. All right, everybody. Talk to you later. Thanks again. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) See you next week.